A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. cool cats and kittens this is brandy with history dweebs and in honor of women's history month uh we decided to do a couple of podcasts with all women um all women that we like and none that i don't so (laughs) i would like to uh introduce the lovely young ladies that i will be podcasting with today um first of all i want to introduce miss erica kelly how are you today sweet pea Hello, I'm lovely. How are you? I see your face, and I love that. I love Aww. all of that. <laughs> so excited to be here. So Erica does Southern Fried True Crime. And I do. And v- very excited to have her on this call today. We also have Miss Nina instead. Hello. Nina? I'm doing well, Brandy. There she is. And Nina has several podcasts so what, what are the two that you're working on? Right now, I'm working on Already Gone, and I just launched a Dreamcast or relaunched Dreaming with Nina, which is something lovely to fall asleep to. I just downloaded that. I'm excited. I've been having trouble sleeping. Yep. Thank you, oh, Nina. You and me both, honey. You're welcome. And then, we, oh. <laughs> I do, too. It's not helping. I take down like a horse, <laughs> for real. Uh, but that's okay. And also, on this call is Miss Charlie from Rusty Hinges and Insight. Miss Charlie, Hi, yes. Um, Insight is now called Crime Lines. They're actually, they're actually yes, two different is. shows. But Funny. yes, I did Insight with Tim. Tim started the show and yes. did it for a couple episodes. And then, um, yeah, I also write for Rusty Hinges. Timmy, I forgot. Yes, so I'm sorry. That was <laughs> ridiculous. So I'm an evidently awesome moderator so anyway today if you couldn't tell uh we're all in quarantine everybody's in quarantine although some are getting out prematurely and we're all in quarantine and everybody's been watching netflix and we know that one of the things that everybody's been watching is the tiger king i assume all of you ladies have take the soaked in that cinematic masterpiece that is the tiger king Yes. Nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we appreciate the sacrifice. Soberly yes. for this. So twice for me. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, it was hard. I, the it sober is, part was not fun, to you be know, honest. And I know we'll get into this more. And, and I know a lot of people have kind of done some things on the Tiger King. But I just thought it would be interesting since, you know, uh, most of us evidently on this on this podcast have watched it both drunk and sober. <laughs> um <laughs> I just thought it would. Sure. Yeah. So I, I feel seen. I thought it would be interesting for all of us to kind of get together and give some different perspectives 
although there were there are only so many perspectives you can have um, on this on this wonderful wonderful Netflix series that is I would say the equivalent of a yeah. train wreck yeah. uh, that you don't like want a mass fueled train wreck yeah <laughs> that's fair. yeah you don't want to look at it you don't want to you know focus on the eyebrow ring but there it is and you have to <sighs> And you have Dangling. to look at it. Yeah. That's why it's more fun drunk. I, you know, and horrifying. And, and I sober. do want to take a second to talk about that eyebrow ring because I feel like <laughs> it could have come off at any time. <laughs> like I really was on the edge of my seat, wondering if that thing was going to get ripped out by a lemur or anything, <sighs> because it barely looked like it was just on there. Yeah. Like, I don't know if anybody else noticed that, oh, but I mean, yeah. just barely like he'd done it himself. Yeah, it was an interesting, it was a really Dangling. big eyebrow ring and he's a little bit older. So, you know, we know your skin gets a little less elastic. That thing was just hanging down to his cheek. He really needed to replace it with something yeah. a little, I don't know, daintier. But yeah. yeah, that thing was, that looked like a nose ring on or, his eyebrow. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, you're 50 odd years old. Well, I have piercings, and I'm terribly well, grateful right, I never did right, that. Right. But, you know, you're 50-odd years old. Maybe you <laughs> lose it. I mean, you already have tattooed eyeliner on and a, yeah. you know, mullet that is colored. Ooh, I thought he had Princess Girl, Diana blue like eyeliner on, on the inside. Oh, yeah. That's tattooed on there. I could have sworn that's what that's what. No, but it looked like, oh, you know yeah, how, like, inside. Princess Diana had oh, it yeah, like, the, on the water line. of her? He had the water line, yeah. yeah. I swear he had, like, the blue that Yeah, the waterline tattoo. Right. I can't You know, to bring out his beautiful eyes. Eyelid. That just <laughs> freaks me out. I can't. In fact, I'm rubbing my eye now. Nope. Couldn't do it in the 80s. Couldn't I did in the 80s. But, yeah, no. I appreciate Joe's commitment to his look. Because he was, he's completely I mean, committed to that look. Yes, and nothing says... And and nothing says it's branding like yeah. a sequined button. Yeah. Shirt. <laughs> nothing says zookeeper like that. Hell yeah! And so we were gonna. Oh my gosh! Obviously, screams it. So um, so we did. We just kind of broke down all of the um. We kind of broke down all of the episodes, and we're gonna just kind of go through and talk about them. And this was just such an interesting uh, cast of characters. And what I found, and I don't know if you guys noticed this or not. I mean, I don't know how you didn't. But there were, like, of all the main players, there were no good guys. Like, I didn't root for any of those people, the main players. So you're talking, yeah, you know, Jeff and James and all these people. I didn't root for any of them. Like, they were all slimy shitballs. Yeah, if a tiger ate any of them, I don't think it would have been, they would have spun it in a bad light. Like, that would have been a saddest, yeah, that team tiger, hashtag team tiger. Team tiger. I feel like that would have been. And kind of, and Carol, I wanted to punch her in the face, and not because she's doing what she's doing. Well, it's not that she's She's just too goddamn happy. Just. The amount of she seems very very fake, and so everything was. Yeah, it's some of the, it's the flower, flower crown. crown some isn't of it, it? Is she mixed her wildlife patterns, <laughs> which grated on my skin. Oh, I'm yeah. gonna so talk I mean, about that. There was a lot yeah. going on with her, but I mean, nothing. I didn't even like her oh, husband. Oh, I. I know. I like, I was yeah. like, all right, here is our straight oh, arrow, the one who is going to keep this shit together. 
and then they showed the wedding pictures, and I was like, nope. Yeah. Okay, sorry, nope. Howie. Howie, I was yeah. on your side. I was rooting <laughs> yeah. for you. I was like, all right, this is the guy that's going to redeem this mess because you need the accountant type to do that. Let's be real. And, he and then I saw his wedding photos, and I thought, Mm-mm. pass. Never mind. Well, uh, Charlie, I hope you're not kink shaming. I um, I am not I kink shaming. I, I am kink-shame, wedding aesthetic shaming. It's <laughs> gross. Yes, there was like that. save that for and not your wedding. I, I, all right, yes. that I approve of. Well, yeah, ew. And I feel like actually right. the the wedding <laughs> photo was sort of symbolic of their relationship, which is kind of she led him around by the nose all the time because oh, this guy probably yeah, couldn't give sure. a shit. About big cats, small cats, any kind of cat, until Carol came along. And then all of a sudden, he's going to be this whatever. So anyway, we'll get into all that. So um, who, and I have this somewhere, but not in front of me, who is going to start us out with uh, one and two? Who was that? All right. Oh, I am starting out with one and two. Hit me. <clears throat> so mm-hmm. I will apologize right up front because I am used to doing everything from a script and sort of freestyling like this is not my thing. So this may be as messy as the GW zoo. Go for it. It's very freeing to just free it ball is. it and just, just riff. <laughs> free ahead, balling. Girl. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Episode one introduces us to the three main subjects of the series. We have goofy tattooed Joe with his low budget zoo in Oklahoma then we have Doc Antle and his upscale Myrtle Beach Safari. Ugh. Say that three times quickly. And, of course, we have Carol <laughs> fucking Baskin down in Tampa. Carol yes. is... That's legit her middle name. Oh, yeah. Carol is charming and quirky in her flowing <laughs> cat print clothes. In episode one, she was. memorials to cats gone by. Yeah. She is initially... <laughs> Yeah, in episode one, she they, she's very likable. The three of them are very, very different, but they are unified in their work with big cats. And we focus on Joe at the GW Zoo in Oklahoma, where we learn he does a daily television show. When asked where it is seen, he says, worldwide. Who, it's it's how worldwide. How have I not seen it? Which... Reminded me. I don't understand. I, well, <laughs> it reminded me of Step Brothers when he okay, said that. Okay, and I want to make sure that everyone understands oh, this God, yeah. daily television and show. The reason it was worldwide is the same reason our podcasts are worldwide because we put them out there. This was an internet based show. You get one listener in Canada oh, yeah. right. and you are international. <laughs> right. So, yeah, worldwide. No, that's nobody was that's actually paying him for this right, TV baby. show. Yeah, much like they don't pay us for our podcasts. No, yeah, and I here think, we are. Did he have something like five hundred? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he had. Didn't he have something yeah. like five hundred listeners or watchers or whatever? He had about a hundred. I think okay. it was eighty to a hundred viewers. Was like his How? peak <laughs> on a certain day. How oh, yeah. that was okay? I was that was just him way a more gem. I mean, the videos and the what? I mean, a gem. And 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 I don't know. And I caught this right off, and I thought it was very funny. Is that um, James Garretson when they were interviewing him, like at the very very beginning, and he was saying, "Yeah, you know, the animal people are, you know, they're kind of out there. The monkey people are kind of out there, and all, but the big cat people are batshit <laughs> crazy." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah clearly, yeah, right." Are. But go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, huh. foreshadowing. <laughs> so. 
We are all content creators. We produce shows weekly or biweekly, and you know how hard that is to do. But Joe is hustling. He's doing a daily broadcast. <laughs> so you can imagine the quality you know what? content My podcast that is he's missing putting out is each me day. randomly shooting shit on, on my podcast. Because I really think that's what brought the viewers to Joe. They wanted to see that. That's a good oh. point. <laughs> you got to give the viewers yeah. what they want. He couldn't let those hundred people down. So give, yeah, get your base going. Yes. Well, yeah. And he was a showman. We we will learn that he did magic and some other crazy shit. But let's go back to Carol and her Carol. quest at Big Cat Rescue, where her goal is to prevent. I know Carol fucking Baskin. She. W- <laughs> She wants to prevent more big cats from living life in cages. And we see her cat print laden house, her odd yet charming husband. Again, this is episode one. And we see her at the state legislature dressed like someone utterly imbalanced to advocate for big kitties. And I don't know. I was saying kitty at least three times every episode. And if you weren't doing that, I don't know if I want to be friends with you. uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then... Whoosh, we're right back to Joe, the 50-ish gay man and oh his child brides. First we meet... They were like 19. <laughs> I, well, they were they like 18, 19. I don't I thought they understand. were just like older teens. I don't which, get it. That's not okay, good either. Go, I don't... Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. We meet his light-toothed and perpetually shirtless I husband, John. Well, yeah, but he gets met, his teeth. Oh, yeah, and, and he puts later. a shirt on. It's really nice. And he puts a he shirt does. on, and he looks I actually, really good I really, later on. I like, really liked teeth. him as far as likable people in this series go. Yeah, yeah. He was, a, like I said, he's kind of, you have these side people, and I have a favorite. You have these side two favorites, actually. And, you know, you have all these side people. The yeah. main people sucked. But go ahead. Yeah. So John met Joe right yep. after he finished high school, which is why I consider him a child bride. He was still a ah, kid when okay. he met Joe. And if that's not weird enough, Joe then takes us through the gift shop of the GW Zoo, where they have keychains and T-shirts and beauty balm. And yes, Charlie, I, do. I know you follow some of the beauty vloggers. Do any of them? Literally, any have yet to see an Joe unboxing or a wear test on this beauty balm. So I would say no. I would say no. Mm-hmm. None of the big names. It's not caught on. Maybe. I mean, they really could get their YouTube views up if they did review it. So they might want to look into it. That's right. amazing. So if the setup in the zoo gift shop isn't strange enough, Joe also sells lube, like personal lubricant, and undergarments, <laughs> which is what I look oh, for in yeah, a zoo I gift shop. Yeah, I think 99.9% of the time I'm in a zoo gift shop, I have small children with me. So, yes, I would be thrilled about this. And Joe tells the interviewer to the absolute horror of everyone watching that he's going commando but that's not the classy term yeah. he uses he uses the term yeah, free balling he oh yeah he he loves he yeah. loves those balls we're going to about sand balls a lot but we'll get to that yes he does oh, my God. <laughs> golden 
And then the show takes us right back to Doc Antle and his scantily clad, busty zoo attendants. Joe wants to be Doc Antle, but with teen boys, not teen girls. And both Joe and Doc Antle will parrot the same lines about the benefits of cub petting and how it's advocacy. Um, as you're watching this, I this first episode, I recommend that you do this not while you're eating, because the show gets into the diet of the cats. Yeah. Carol and Doc Antle talk about the high-quality diets their animals receive, and that they spend at least $10,000 per year per cat. And then we pivot right back to Joe, who brags that he feeds his tigers for $3,000 a year each. And yeah. they show a lot of like really meaty scenes involving animals eating other animals. Um, spoiler Nobody at the GW Zoo is eating well, except on Thanksgiving. Yeah, I actually almost tapped out on this first about. episode with the feeding of the cats, I thought, and they're butchering, I think it was a cow. I was like, no, if that's what this is, I'm done. I'm, but I, yeah. I hung in there a little bit. I felt like with this documentary, they showed you enough that you're repulsed, but then they'd pull it back so that you could actually keep watching. Agree. Right. Um, they also get in here to Joe's dislike of Carol fucking Baskin, which is rooted in her attempts to block his money-making activities involving baby tigers. And we're going to get into that more later. And I want to, if you haven't seen this, I want to caution you that around the 31-minute mark of episode one is a really terrible look at what happened to an exotic animal situation in Zanesville, Ohio. And full disclosure, I did not watch this part. I actually fast forwarded. Did any of you I watched it, but watch I don't want to talk about it. It's definitely one it? of those scenes where, you know, these animals had gotten loose and the goal isn't to wrangle wild animals. You know, they're not looking to to save everybody by recapturing them. And again, Same it was film. one of those moments where you're like, okay, if this is what it's, this show's about, I'm not going to keep watching. But they pulled it back right before it got too intense. Oh okay. my gosh. Yeah, I think I fast forwarded too, Nina. Yeah, I couldn't. I know. I watched it. I, I know. remember it happening. Pussies, right? I'm I sorry. remember that. <laughs> and it was... I do too. It was a big... But I don't want to watch it. big, big... Oh, I could have been doing anything. But, but I remember... I remember it happening. I remember it was this huge deal, um, and that's when they, they we in Ohio we really started having this conversation about well who keeps all these big cats and what are these you know and these exotic animals and who's selling it to them and and it got into this whole thing, which of course died down after you know all the fervor of them having to put all these exotic animals down kind of faded away. But it was a huge huge ordeal at the time. At the time, and and I agree, actually, Charlie. Yeah. I am. Um, yeah, some of it was a little hard to watch, but I thought taking the documentary on its face and and kind of looking at how the documentary was made, um, I thought the guy did a really good job. I thought we got enough. Um, there are other um, there are other things that you get into, like uh, they don't really talk about how Joe was married before um, to a hairdresser, uh, right, and. No. no, a female hairdresser. 
No, no. I thought he had a no, wife. Yeah. He was married oh. to a guy, and the guy died. He had AIDS or something, and he died. And that's <gasps> and Joe kind of took a left mm-hmm. after that. Um, but there's a lot of things that the documentary could get into. But I think it was not just about. I think it was about Joe, and that was some of the focus. But I think the larger focus was on this big cat industry and the trading and the things that kind of the big players in that and how it goes on. And then, of course, you know, the murder for hire that this guy just happened. This documentary filmmaker just fell bass Spoiler. into. I mean, my God, <laughs> how lucky was that guy? Like he fell mm-hmm. into this documentary that just wrote itself. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You couldn't oh, write no. anything like this. Yeah. No. Yeah. They really just yeah, had yeah, to yeah. put the cameras out. That's okay. all. That was it. Well, you're talking about how mm-hmm. Joe was married previously and his partner passed away, and that's where Joe took the left. But as I'm watching this, what jumped out at me was that they did focus on three relatively serious traumas mm-hmm. from Joe's life. That when he came out to his family as gay, his father completely rejected him and made him promise not to come to the father's funeral. Then there is Joe's failed suicide attempt which left him badly injured and requiring months of physical rehabilitation, and then the death of his brother in a car accident. And Joe, they talk about it in the episode, has his brother's face tattooed (laughs) on his forearm, which that's a... No, and it's a, you know, it's a constant reminder. So I think think it's fair to say that Joe, excuse me, that Joe was dealing with some fairly serious mental health issues, um... And now he's feeling persecuted, not just by the people for the ethical treatment of animals, that's PETA, but by Carol Baskin and her lawyers at Big Cat Rescue. Carol blocks him from his highly profitable animal shows at the malls. Then she had billboards put up cautioning people against going to his zoo. So Joe fixates on Carol and fixates on Big Cat Rescue. And this is and some foreshadowing of And I think this kind of, of shows of also is going, is, is that headed. Joe is somewhat unstable. Somewhat. Okay, yeah, he's unstable because Carol isn't yeah. just doing this to him. She's doing it to Doc Antle. Yeah. She's doing it to yeah. everyone else we saw in this documentary. And they're all like, okay, cool. Yeah. We're going to keep doing our thing. You can keep annoying us. Okay. But Joe couldn't just do that. He couldn't let it go he yeah he took it personally even though she was doing this because this is her mission is to stop what she sees as unethical um private zoos but yeah he was fixated on her and i think in some degree maybe the documentary i feel like they covered it but i don't feel like people got it that she was doing this to everybody she wasn't targeting joe joe was targeting her right Right, right, right. I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, I do too. So episode one wraps up with a phone call from Joe Exotic, and he's in jail. But I want to bring up the real crime that I saw this episode, and that's Carol fucking Baskin wearing leopard print croc ballet flats with neon tiger print <laughs> socks. I thought it was hot. It was something. It was, that was yeah, you couldn't miss her. JK. But you also, you know, walked across the street <laughs> yeah. to avoid her. Yeah. Because that's you for didn't sure. know if she was going to try and bite you. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, 
You just didn't know. She looked <laughs> like a lunatic. I guess that's why she, you know, chose oh, the it, flower crown to yes, I'm soften sure. out the look. It may, I don't think it sure. helped as much know. as she was hoping. Otherwise, she's just, I don't know. Yes. Agree. You know, it's very true. So I feel like the creators of the docuseries did a really good job. Because if you watched episode one and you were on the fence about continuing, the start of episode two sort of grabs you by the shirt and drags you, just like... One of Joe's zoo workers, Saf, who literally had their arm yeah. bitten off by a tiger. And you see um, the actual scene unfolding as Saf is injured and they, they digitally blur out. But you can pretty much tell that there's like a hand and then some really badly ground forearm and then the rest of Saf. Um, the horror of this, which was shared during this this episode is offset by Joe who you see smoking and suddenly what wearing an that? EMS I jacket. Like I love it. It's like he's got a costume for everything. I don't know. <laughs> it was great but, though. But my thing is too, did he okay, what do you mean Saf's got her arm bit off? Hold on. <laughs> the EMS jacket. Let me go. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking the same and thing. Let me go change real quick. Right. Well the and camera. then he's all, you know, God, I'm gonna damn. lose money okay. on this. So the compassion. Yeah, he's. Yeah. Is this that I'm never going to financially recover? Yes. I mean, it it choked me up. I was was for Clint. I was shocked when he went in and announced to everyone, including small children, hey, a tiger just bit someone's arm off. Yeah. You know, do you want your money back? Do you want to come back another day? And the way he said it was just like, (gasps) are you unaware there? Like, One, as a business person, you don't say stuff like that. You're like, we've had an incident. Um, Someone's been hurt. I mean, you don't you don't go up to children and be like, someone just got their Mm -hmm. arm bit off. You guys want a rain check. I mean, that was it was unprofessional, but it also shows how out of touch Joe was with any sort of reality or what other people would feel or think about what he was saying. He just said it. He didn't really care. Yeah. Yeah. It made for a better film. I mean, they would have probably not had that scene in the documentary had he been professional about it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's what I I I liked. Yes. And I know, well, and later she wants to be referred to as a him, but I liked her. She was one of those characters that I thought was there mm-hmm. for the right reasons. I liked her. But yeah. Go ahead, Nina. Yeah. We'll get into her, yeah. but I feel like she was kind of naive. Well, I don't think anybody yeah. working for Joe is especially no. intelligent. Fair. Yeah. So fair. Saf is one of my favorite characters and Saf is transgender. When we first meet Saf, the arm is lost, and Saf is seated in a green plastic Adirondack that chair was like a, in front like of what junkyard appears to be a garbage. lot of random I mean, garbage. not like household garbage. So I was kind of curious, like, where is he working now? Is he doing this at work? I mean, the, I can only imagine the director coming on and being like, put the chair there. Like, we need this. We need the full view. I thought she was at the zoo. It, I thought she was at the it zoo. It could have been, but yeah. that's what it I was, thought too. It was quite the scene at, that at their zoo were, trailer. They, the they zoo. put the chair there oh. on purpose. Oh, for sure. 
Agree. So during the interview, Saf says that they could have had their arm repaired with weeks and months of therapy and more surgery. Yeah. But Saf's like, no, fuck it. Cut it off. I want to get back to work. I don't want the media didn't to win. did she actually say something like, yeah, yeah, she didn't want, yeah, she didn't want to hurt the zoo. That if she that? stayed in the hospital, yeah. it would be bad for the zoo. That's crazy. I know. That's why I'm like, yeah. but finally however, following that also him. makes Saf a bit of a badass. Yeah. Just saying. Oh yeah. yeah just cut that shit off. Let's oh, go. Oh well, yeah, that's fair too. What was it? She back to work. Yeah, within five a week. Days, seven yep. days? Yeah. <laughs> like in a week. Dude. Yeah. No. Which is insane. <laughs> Sorry, well, no, Saf. It's crazy. But no. <laughs> but you know, I do something. You know, I get a you know, a cold or something and I'm out I'm out of work for a couple of days. Like she had an appendage yeah. removed. And she's back in a week. What the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. I, whatever. I'm not that dedicated <laughs> to shit. And that includes my children. Yeah, accurate. No. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah. I'm not that dedicated. This episode also brings us to a new character, former drug lord and longtime animal enthusiast, Mario Tarbro. Am I saying Cl- that last close name right? Tarbro? Close enough. Or is it close enough? Right. Him. We'll just call him Mario. I believe that Mario was the inspiration for the 1983 film Scarface. Well, and Mar... Yeah, except he's... Well, he doesn't have a zoo. His animals are well-kept, and they exist strictly for his own enjoyment. His wife, because this series is filled with insane people, his wife raises monkeys and proudly showed off closets, literal closets filled with clothing that she oh, dresses that. the that monkeys in. Right. Yeah. Mario says he sold drugs in the 70s and 80s to feed <laughs> his exotic animal habitat. Excuse me, his I, exotic animal habit. At, well, duh. As I mean, as does, you do. Yes. Sure. I love them. Love them, Tarbro. They were crazy, but, they didn't but care. yeah, like they let their freak flag fly. They didn't get, you know. She has to know that people are going to think she's weird because she has all these monkey outfits that she has. She gives yeah. a shit. These are people that give zero fucks. That guy went to jail <laughs> for you know selling drugs. He was in there what twelve years, something crazy like that. Watched somebody get cut up in a bathtub. Did all this, and he's just yeah, that happened. That was a thing. Yeah, I did it, but now I'm good because I have tigers yeah. and crazy ass monkeys. Fuck me! Yeah. That's, that is the life <laughs> nope. I should be leading. I, I'm leading sticking right with now. cheap, low investment hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> That's my speed. I ain't losing an arm or money yeah, for anything. Same. Knitting yeah, for sure. never hurt anyone. Sewing, cooking—it's all good. Nope, that's my life. That's that's the life I should be living. Just no fucks. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, no fucks. You need to have yeah. a certain amount of money to have that level of I think, well, yeah, fucks. Yeah, but, and I think, and yeah. obviously, that's what I am clearly missing in my service <laughs> job. But, you know, it just, to be that level of, yeah, yeah, I killed that guy, stabbed him in the neck with a pen or whatever the fuck it was, like in casino. What the hell, man? Yes. Yes. I get it. I don't know. I'm hopped up on coffee right now. Sorry. But I'm very excited about that guy. That's okay. You're, you're good. So Mario is connected to Doc Antle because they've known each other since the early 80s when Mario was buying animals from Doc Antle. 
And the show, again, the second episode, I feel like they're hitting us with more crazy shit, right? We've got the losing an arm. We've got the drug dealer and his wife with the baby monkeys. And then we get into Doc Antle and his many wives or girlfriends or cult members, (laughs) whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Yeah. When that shit was disturbing to me. He needs his own. When the interview. He needs his own show. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely a cult. He needs right? his yeah. own yeah. fucking show. Yeah. I don't get it. Like, I never... That's the thing. I find cults fascinating because uh, I, I don't get either. it. I don't get being that lost that you're like, yeah, I'm just going to go stay and get a boob job and never have a day off. So, yeah, I know, I know someone who interned right? at... Doc Antle has that. more than one location. And I know someone who interned for him. And it was supposed to take like six months to get the number of hours needed. And he got them within three months because of the long hours. And they do require everyone to eat the vegetarian, (laughs) almost vegan diet. So he lost a lot of weight because he was eating the plant-based diet and... Um, everything is very controlled yeah, yeah. for the interns. I mean, once they start controlling your diet, how many hours you're working, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. that's where it's crossing the line from a normal internship to a cult. I mean, who do you have? I yes. mean, if your boss said yeah. you can't eat a hamburger, you'd say you you don't get to determine that. Doc, Doc Antle determines uh-huh. that yeah. with his interns. I'd say fuck off. <laughs> yeah. The chick in Iowa was really yeah. eye-opening because, you know, she was kind of telling that it was a cult, but she didn't really say a lot of bad stuff about it, except that I didn't well, really that, want a boob job. And but she wanted time off. No. She wanted to rest. I think it was bizarre. Yeah. yeah it was, she she, some sleep. she yeah. was interesting yeah. because oh my God. Yeah, when the person she, says, I wanted to do yoga with tigers, and they're the normal one in the documentary, you're like, whoa, what is happening? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, he needs his own. Like I said. Yeah, that's fair. Doc, he needs his own show. He needs his own documentary. He needs his own some shit. Because that shit with him was it, you're right it was more controlled and everything but i think just like anything else there is there's something it's it's an iceberg it's an iceberg so yes what we saw was them having this goofy ass party for one of the mm-hmm. monkeys later and all of these you know her real name's sarah but we call her zazu or whatever the fuck her name was so you have all these things and that's a lot of shit that's a lot of you know people just I don't know. I just, I don't get it. Who wakes up and says, you know what I'm going to do for the rest of my life Mm -hmm. is never have a day off, get my boobs done, and I'm going to roll around with these, you know, wild animals. I may get bitten. I may get scratched. I may get disemboweled. But, you know, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good with that. That's just life. And then I get to follow (laughs) this guy around who rides on elephants and, you know, will get me a house or whatever the fuck it was that he had. And I live on a compound. Yeah. That's the giveaway. If you live on a compound, you are in a cult. So that's the interesting thing because people say, well, Carol Baskins is the same as Doc is the same as Joe, but only Joe and Doc had people living under their control, controlling how much money they had, controlling how much freedom they had. 
only Joe and right. Doc did that. That whole thing with the volunteers with their coated T-shirts, that was a one-day volunteer event. Like, I, I feel like we'll get into Carol and her, was it second of her three husbands? It, we'll, we'll get to that. But when it comes down to the tiger stuff, I also know yes. someone, my family's into zoos. Um, I also know someone who knows Carol Baskins, and she hated, oh, did what? I? What? I don't know if I told you. Ooh. What the it hell really? is happening, Charlie? Well, welcome to my family. Talk so, about burying the lead. Yeah, yeah, so this is a distant cousin, <laughs> and she hated how Carol was portrayed in this because she said Carol is incredibly dedicated to the animals. These are animals that can't be returned to the wild because they were raised and bred in these private zoos. So she gives them somewhere to live yeah. the rest of their life. And Joe makes this whole thing about, oh, look at that animal sticking its head in a cage, to ha like this little thing to eat. Well, that was incredibly safe for everybody. The animals getting fed, no one, no other animals taking that animal's food. Right. Yeah. The animals not, you know, animals have a lot of, uh, we see it even in domestic animals where they get food jealousy. And if you go near a dog while they're eating, they'll snap mm -hmm. at you. I mean, what she's yeah. doing there. Yeah. No, she's not perfect, but what she's doing is at least in the in the realm of responsible, where the other ones, I mean, they're breeding. They're, I mean, and I think, like Brandy said, yeah. I think there's more to Doc's zoo than we saw, but he doesn't like how he was portrayed, so I doubt he'll, I doubt he'll do this again, which is unfortunate because I really want to, I'm really interested in what they're investigating on him yeah. right now. Oh, yeah. So this legal stuff and this caring for tigers properly is great, mm -hmm. but let's get back to the madness yeah. of episode yes. two with <gasps> the what is throttle. with the polygamy in Big Cat because, God. Well, I want to talk about John, um, who is Joe's first child bride, and then we meet his next child bride, the six foot, six inch tall How cute Travis Maldonado, who arrives at the zoo. Age 19. So he was so he cute. He was cute. And the three of them, Joe, John, and Travis, were married. And married's probably not the right term. They were joined, however you want to look at it, by a female officiant. Um, while the three of them are dressed in pink shirts and Neil Diamond is in the background. And if it wasn't three dudes getting joined, it looked like any other yeah. low-budget wedding ceremony from the yeah. mid-teens, yeah. I thought. <laughs> well, Super stylish. Yeah. I mean, there I like, were, well, I like yeah, the pink, too. Obviously. But there were so <laughs> many, like, first of all, f well, there were a lot of people there for that. I'm sorry. If I knew somebody that that was happening to and it was like, oh, come to our wedding. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing that. That well, just seems... We're not going to... And the gifts were super, yeah. <laughs> super classy. In case you... I mean... Super classy. They couldn't just get a gravy boat. It had to be this big fucking blanket with all three of them laying there shirtless and whatever the fuck. Uh, well, yeah. There was a really interesting oh, so relationship hot. dynamic thing that I saw here. <laughs> is it, it wasn't three men marrying each other. It was two men both marrying Joe. He was in the middle. They He kissed right. each of them. He was Correct. the center of this. Yeah. I mean, this isn't... This is... 
you know, more like a straight polygamy situation than like a true thruple, in my opinion, because I don't think Travis and John were involved with each other at all. Yeah. Mostly because they, yeah, yeah, they were straight. They were not involved <laughs> at all. Yeah, that, and that, that, that kind of influences the situation uh, yeah, that, a little. That's um, a little bit yeah. of it, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, me they did for Joe, but not I for might, each other. You know, Even though teams. they were both much better looking than <laughs> Joe. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to pick someone... Heck no, yeah. yeah, not even an age oh thing. They God. were. I mean, it's Joe had age Joe thing. had it's decent just, taste in men. Yeah. I'll give him that much. No, until he fed the yeah. meth, and that that was a downhill yeah. slope. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. So if that's not crazy, yes, enough, we get Charlie's everybody's hello, favorite line all of the you show cool from Carol. Kings. Go ahead, Charlie, say it. That's, yeah, that was just, (laughs) for me, that was probably the biggest what the fuck of that episode. (laughs) And that episode was filled with what the fuck moments. The entire second episode was just madness. Um, And I think that second episode bounced around a lot, but I think it was also, if you, if they got you to watch episode two, you were going to continue the series. They gave you a taste of everything that was to come. Yeah, and we're almost Ugh. done with episode two, but we need to talk about the meat truck. Oh God, it was so gross. You you know, I, I used to work at a grocery store, and they would, um, and I don't know if they do it this way anymore, but you know, you get in these big, huge like sides of beef, and you cut them. You know, you have to cut them up, and you throw out the bad parts or do whatever. And so there used to be a a, a meat guy that would come and get these huge plastic trash cans full of like discarded meat he came once a week yeah and he would take the fucking lid off those trash cans and i mean you had to leave the fucking dock because it was so just the rotted meat and the old meat and it's just like so i can't even imagine i mean they're giving them i know some of the stuff yeah what was this guy doing with it what yeah. was he doing with it? Oh, I don't know. They took it away. I'm what, sure. What was this guy doing with the rotten meat? Sent it to the to, zoo. I don't know, other <laughs> fucking tigers somewhere. Sent it to Zanesville. I don't know, but, um, but I mean, just the, you know, I felt so bad for those guys because they're getting all this discount meat and they're going through it, and you know, yeah, yeah, that wasn't just to feed the tigers; yeah, it was to I'm feed the take staff. This home. And I don't. And I say this with all my all the love in my heart for Walmart because I don't have any, <laughs> but I don't trust Walmart's yeah, like meat fresh anyway. or not. No thanks. I think it's sketchy <laughs> as fuck, right? Um, and I don't trust it anyway. So I mean, you know, them getting all that. I just that actually made me feel really bad for them. Was that they're scrounging through this fucking old meat to have something to eat? I uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I felt bad for everybody that worked for any of them except Carol Baskin. And, of course, they made fun of her for having volunteer volunteers when she had millions. And I'm like, yeah, but right. she didn't force them to be in a cult right. eating bad meat or be well, vegan. And, so, you know, but Joe also went yeah. to bus stops and found these people yeah. who had nothing. Yeah, and I mean, oh God, you know, yeah, Carol had people, you know, the volunteers, which was smart because then you save all that money on staffing and feeding and whatever. But, you know, she had all the volunteers, but, you know, Joe, in some respects, 
you know, was giving people a, a fighting chance. You know, you find these people at the bus stop or whatever, and hey, I'll give you a place to stay and food in, you know, a pit, you know, this little pittance of money. Mm-hmm. You know, come. Yeah, oh, he found people sure who couldn't kind of get a job otherwise. Thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And he gave them something to do. Which, Desperate. You know, right. working where I do, I think that's great. But it, for him, yeah. it's very predatory. For him to do that, I mean, I can I can see how that's great for people who have nothing else. But I think after a while, it is. It's very predatory. And you know, you know what's happening. You know these people are going to be dedicated to you. You know mm-hmm. that. You know, you're not paying them jack shit to mm-hmm. be there. And they have nothing else. They have no family. They have nothing. So now they have each other and they have, you know, this fucking blonde, <laughs> 52-year-old flaming gay guy. So, I mean, it just, that was, that made me, it, the, all of that, that mm-hmm. part made me sad. It made me really sad for these people. But yeah, that was, yeah. Oof. Agree. The meat truck. So as crazy as episode two was with the thruple or polygamy, the Saf losing an arm, Doc Antle's cult, the Miami drug dealer, the end of episode two becomes kind of the focus of the whole series because Carol Baskin had a husband. Yeah, and that is what opens up episode three. And I think that's what episode three is about and honestly even if it wasn't what episode three was about like if there's other stuff in there nobody cares because that's a people only want to hear about um dom lewis (laughs) yeah carol fucking baskin and her disappeared husband because this is where the show even though it's a true crime documentary on the whole this is like the the more traditional true crime portion of it and let me just give the rundown. We're not going to get into all the details. I'll give the rundown of what happened, and then we're just going to talk about it. So Carol was 19 when she met Don Lewis. He was 42, and they met in 1981. The story is that she was out walking one night down the street after leaving her abusive husband. So she's 19, she's married, and she has a daughter at this point. Don pulled over and picked her up. Now, that's the official story. There's a lot of speculation online about why was she walking down the street and why did Don think she would want to get into the car and go to a hotel with him? Because there are other reasons people do that. But this is the official story. So she was married with a small child and Don was married with older children and he was a womanizer. He had cheated on his wife a number of times and during his relationship with Carol, he would also cheat on her. Now, this relationship carried on for 10 years before they were both divorced and then married each other, which was not, maybe I missed it in the documentary, but that's not the impression I got. I kind of had this impression that she swooped in and, you know, stole him away from his family and it was a lot more whirlwind, but they were actually having an affair for 10 years before they got married. So Don was a self-made millionaire when he met Carol, but she worked for him. She helped him continue to grow his business. And then the two of them got into the big cat scene and they started a big cat sanctuary, but it was a Joe Exotic doc style one. They were breeding cats for petting. They were making money when 
according to Carol, her her conscience started bothering her about this. And she wanted to turn the zoo into a rescue, but Dawn was all about money, which has not been disputed by anyone since then. And he was wanting to keep making money. Then he decided, he started talking about divorcing Carol and started transferring money and properties to a Costa Rican company he owned. He told people he was going to move down there. So he's already setting up to leave the country. And then in July 1997, he tried to get a protective order against Carol based on her threatening to kill him. And a month later, Don bought a plane ticket to go to Costa Rica. But before he could leave on that flight, he actually disappeared. So, you know, I'm just telling Carol she could have waited a minute. But he left his home on August 18th and never returned. His van was found at the airport two days later. He left behind $5 million, most of which Carol inherited. So the story here is that Carol killed her husband, inherited his money, and moved on with it. The other theory is Don went underground or and he went underground because he was getting away from shady business deals and then the last theory is he flew his plane trying to get to costa rica no and he crashed so those are the three prominent theories which one nina are you voting for (laughs) i think he wanted to get the fuck away from carol so he planned his own disappearance and he had enough money to pay off people at other airports. And he just got the hell away from Carol. Because <laughs> oh, who would want to be married to Howard. Carol fucking Baskin? Oh, Howard. Howard. Well, Howard. What, I mean, well you do know, we know <laughs> what was Don Lewis's business? Oh, I can hear you. Okay. I lost y'all. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, I lost Brandy then. I think she was going to ask yeah, what Carol's he, husband did, and he was a loan shark. And welcome back, are. Brandy. <laughs> they don't mention yeah, that. Yeah, I feel yeah, I know the okay. documentary welcome really back, swayed Brandy. it towards. Well, clearly <laughs> we just, Carol did this, but once you look into it, Dom Lewis had right had some skeletons in his closet. He might have some people on his heels. He had a reason to disappear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Her name was Carol. Well, and I and I also <laughs> want to say, and I also want to in say, addition you know, to Carol, at least back in the eighties. Um, not that I'm that old, but I do remember. <laughs> back, settle down. Uh, but back in the eighties, it wasn't unusual a for people to to walk up and down like busy streets. That just it wasn't that unusual, and it wasn't unusual right. to pick up a hitchhiker. Um, it wasn't unusual for somebody to pull over. A little bit more in the Girl, 70s you, well, for hitchhikers. Well, I'm in yeah. Ohio, so, I mean, it was not unusual for that. It wasn't unusual to see a hitchhiker, pick one up, any of that. Um, so I don't know that she was out strolling right. necessarily. Uh, <laughs> on the stroll or taking a stroll? Yes. Oh, yes, I see what you mean. on it. I see. Gotcha. But that whole here's again, yeah. you can yeah. point it at my head. So it you can It probably was. That felt like bullshit. Yeah. It, Did that feel uh, like most, bullshit to you guys? Most of what comes out it of her face. It was just a little too dramatic. Was bullshit. Um, 
Agreed. But I don't, yeah. you know, it probably was some kind of crazy-ass chance meeting. But, yeah, for them to carry mm-hmm. on for 10 years. And the thing that killed me was, you know, when they interviewed his wife and his daughters, and I get why they'd be pissed at, at her because she kind of, you know, fucked him over. Because, you know, that whole thing where she's like, oh, well, you know, he wanted to cut him out of the will. But yeah. I thought, you know, these are his kids. Yeah. Shut the <laughs> I fuck gave up. them some money. <laughs> yeah, I was. I, I don't feel like they'd be on there. Well, I don't know. Everybody on here was a media whore. I think I mentioned that in my part of the script. They but, did. Yeah, I no. can't remember the percentage, I don't but feel like they, they got anything. I think they much. got they like, a, she got like two thirds of it, and they got a third to split between them. Something like that. But they didn't seem mad at no. him. They definitely blamed her. Like, they're so... No. Well, but no. they're not... Yeah. They're not going to yeah. be mad at their father. Just like they're apparently everyone else. Sure. Carol fucking Baskin. That's the I theme of like, the series. You know, even the ex-wife. She wasn't mad. You know, I love him till the day I die. Well, what about... Yeah. What, <laughs> well, what yeah. are Tell you me. loving about him? The philandering? Yeah, what, the, what's what? the attraction there? Looney Tunes, yes. And she, they weren't yeah. pissy at him yeah. at all. The attraction was getting on camera. Right. And it didn't look yeah. like they were sitting too bad. Yeah. The house was very busy, but it was. It was I mean, a nice house. Was, yeah. Know, it was a nice house. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a lot better than the yeah. fucking trailers at Joe's Park. I can't. Uh, God, that was like. I do think it's interesting how quickly, though, yeah. people can anyway, listen sorry. to a. <laughs> fairly one-sided documentary for an hour and all of a sudden they know what happened in a case and I definitely on my podcast I try like when I wrap things up to be like you know what this is there's always more information out there there's always something we don't know you know I don't want people to come away the episode I have coming out right next is a possible wrongful conviction and the guy in his appeal basically names the people he thinks really did it and i'm sitting here and i'm like well i don't want to sit here and say these other people committed a crime they've not been convicted for but that is not the general consensus and i really wish especially our true crime fans would be a little bit more thoughtful before they're starting, you know, like, okay, I'm going to post the meme about Carol Baskin's putting whatever sardine oil on her husband and feeding him. That's a little funny. Like, I mean, there's a there's room to kind of joke about it. There's room to speculate. But this whole yeah. thing where people are yeah, like ready me, to lock her up funny. with no evidence. If there was evidence, she'd be locked up. There's yeah. no evidence. There's this isn't this is so circumstantial. It's speculative. I wish people would kind of rein it in a little bit because this is a real person. And if she is not guilty, like, this can ruin her life. I don't think, well, first of all, you know, I think we've established she's like your best friend. So I don't. Cool cats and kittens. I am a cool cat and or kitten. Yeah, buddy. (laughs) You are. But, you know, here's the thing, though. I don't think any of this is going to hurt her. I think she is going to, she's probably basking in the glow of all of her money (laughs) right now because this hasn't hurt her a fucking bit. This has given her Big Cat Rescue, you know, all the free publicity. This has given her cause. Well, it's interesting. And her. She agreed to the documentary because it was pitched to her as exposing the issues in the Big Cat 
rescue world. And it did. And then they did an episode about her husband and she did not know that was coming, which actually in, in a listening, I know, I don't know if everyone, I hope everyone watches the extra episode. I know it's just interviews, but it was really interesting. I loved it. it. The, oh my gosh, what's his name? The guy who did the interviews was hilarious. Everybody was funny. Yeah, yeah, oh, Joel McHale, McHale, who is like funny. Yes. So the yeah. interviews were very yeah, funny, yeah, and it's also interesting to hear that, like, literally one person thought the documentary did a fair job in portraying the situation. Everyone else was like, oh, no, that was really skewed, which, of course, <laughs> it was. It was a it was entertainment. So it was it was interesting, but... Um, yeah, I thought the the interviews were great. I definitely recommend people watch those. I think it just it's interesting to hear what people think about how they were portrayed, how this whole story was portrayed. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I've, I always find it interesting when you do those kind of things and then everybody comes out and says, oh, it's portrayed wrong. Well, you know, part of doing a documentary, I think, is you're going to get some things that come out that right. you're not going to like. That is, you know, that it's not going to be flattering to you. It's not going to show, you can't, you don't have time to show every single freaking angle. You just kind of have to get the gist and roll. Um, but, yeah, I think... Because, of course, Jeff Lowe is going to think yeah. that it was all skewed. Of course he But is. he said the things he said. You like, know, so, that's the other like, thing with the documentary yeah. is you, those words came yeah. out of your mouth. Right. They exist. Exactly. 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 <laughs> so, I mean, it's, um, you know, of course not everybody's going to like it. And um, I felt really bad and, and I, I didn't get into, I didn't get into him in my part. But the kid that was yeah. his campaign manager. Yes, Joshua. I felt really yeah, bad for him because he's like, you bit. know, I need meds, I need this, I need counseling, I need, a, and it was like, you know, and he didn't think that things were mm-hmm. portrayed fair mm-hmm. for Joe, and there were a couple people that like, well, no, Joe did, um, 
Joe would hand out. Yeah, Saf said that. Saf's like, he was as terrible as they showed, but they forgot to show the good Mm -hmm. side. Right. Mm -hmm. But, you know. The other stuff. He's complicated. (laughs) Or parfait or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Or parfait. Everybody loves parfaits. But, Mm. you know, yeah, that's fine. But he was also trying to hire mm-hmm. somebody to murder somebody. He was also this guy that shot these yep. tigers. He was also the guy that, you know, everything was. But he also did the Thanksgiving dinners every year. So he can be completely shitty in this aspect where he's fixated on Carol and still sure. do decent things or, periodically. Yeah. yeah I'm not no, saying he's a good guy, prefer. but he he or still did some out, decent things. Him being the huge mm-hmm. narcissist that he was. Yeah, raging. He yeah. Did the Thanksgiving dinner. There was a news crew there. He did There the was a news crew dinner. there. Well, mm-hmm. there was a news crew, but it also gave yeah. publicity to the zoo. So even if they'd done it for 10 years beforehand, it's publicity for the zoo. Um I don't think it was I don't think it was just out of the kindness of his heart. I think that most everything that he did had something Mm -hmm. that he was going to get out of it. Um, So, you know, it was, yeah, the, all of that, but you know, all of those good things, you know, if I'm a nun, let's just (laughs) pretend for a second. No, it's it. It's a bit of a stretch, but I'll try. (laughs) Totally can see Mm -hmm. it easily. You know, you know, it if is I'm a, a bit of a stretch. I do all of these great things, and I volunteer my time, and I do all this, and then you find out that I am um, that I am actually a hit woman on the weekends, and that's what I do. I kill people for money. That's not well, a stretch. That one, I believe. I can totally see you doing that. I'm, I'm, <laughs> no, fine. Yeah, whatever. But you know, but that doesn't. It it's you still do those mm-hmm. things. You still do these awful, yeah. terrible things. And, you know, does it – it kind of overshadows sort of – that's like El Chapo did all these great things down there in mm-hmm. in Mexico and he opened schools and he opened this. But he also put people's right. heads on pikes. He also would, you know <laughs> – El Chapo's complicated. Yeah, yeah, he's complicated. Yeah. He's, he's a, a parfait. parfait too, I'm sure. No, that one's an onion. <laughs> we'll go with the onion on that But, one. I mean, <laughs> you know – Onions. Does he do yeah. it? Make you cry. Does he do it just purely out of the goodness of his heart, or does he do it because, hey, I know I'm doing these shitty things, so I'm going to get you on my side. You know, no, I, um, I would say he's come. You know, I was raised by a narcissist, and she genuinely did good things sometimes, mm-hmm. but she was also a horrible human being. Yeah, does one Thanksgiving dinner make up for not feeding your employees the rest of the year? Probably not. So no. much. Exactly. It's still right, a nice thing, thing to do. Yeah. Right. They but the Thanksgiving said in the dinner interview is still a nice thing. episode that right. he and his family would stay up pretty much all night cooking to provide that food. And I hope none of those turkeys were expired, but whatever. So let's go ahead and move on you know, to you know that episode his mom four, which was playing with fire. Um so this was one of my favorite episodes because it pulled the curtain back a little bit on what was going on with Joe. So one thing we need to know, this this episode has two parts. It went back and forth between Joe's lawsuit with Carol, or more her lawsuit with him, because she's the one who was suing him, and then his 
failed reality TV show. So let's talk about the reality TV show first. And the point is, Joe wanted to be famous. He was hamming it up for the camera to try to sell this reality show to cable TV. While they were doing all this, the um, producer had worked with Inside Edition, and he was taking all of this footage, and he was just going to make this amazing TLC Discovery show. And then the studio, where all of the film, what, all, the, all the footage was kept on the computers, it burned down. And it was adjoining the building where the alligators were. So the alligators also died in this fire. They seem, I think we can all agree, oh. the alligators were collateral That's damage really because the point was to burn down the studio. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. there's a lot of debate over who caused this mm-hmm. fire. It was definitely an arson. The investigators came in, someone burned it down. So a week before the arson, Joe got into a fight with the producer, Rick, and said he didn't need him anymore. But Rick, I mean, he's a journalist. He worked on Inside Edition. He had a contract that Joe dumbly probably methed out, signed. And it said Rick owns that footage. Rick owns (laughs) the concept. Rick owns this reality show. So now Joe Mm -hmm. has found out. That Rick owns everything, and he feels that he got screwed. Like, he got screwed out of something because now his image, all of this stuff, is not his to control. So there are two basic theories on who set the fire. Joe said Rick did it. And there's this insinuation that Carol paid him to do it. And Carol's like, yeah, we emailed Rick to say, dude, do you know who you're working with? But there was no deal. There was no talking about getting the footage because on this footage, this footage was bad. It could be used against Joe in these legal proceedings with Carol. It could be turned over to the authorities. Apparently, there was footage of unqualified people doing veterinarian care. There was possibly video of um, animals being, I'm not going to say euthanized, being killed. And that could be used against him. So the idea is, Joe's theory is that Rick stole the footage, gave it to Carol, and burned down the building, which is clearly not true because Carol would have used it by now. I think we can all agree on that. If that footage existed, we would have seen it. The other theory is that Joe hired someone to do it because he was just conveniently away from the zoo that day. All the days he stays at the zoo, he's out of town the day this fire happens. And the point was he was trying to get rid of that video that Carol could use against him. And then he raised money to rebuild the studio but then got a contractor to donate most of the time and labor to to erect that building. I wouldn't be surprised to find out Joe came out financially ahead. Oh, I'm sure. I, and on an yeah. Unrela- yeah. yeah. So I, I think we all agreed Joe did it. On right? an yeah, I can't imagine man, someone uh, else did somebody. it. Crocodile skin bags and yeah. boots were on sale. No, nobody else did it. But, you know, crocodile... You, can you hear Brandy me again? Can you hear me now? Okay. 
You're going I in and know. out. Yeah, uh-huh. you're going Charlie in and out. Charlie was going in and out a minute ago. We'll have Chuck edit this part. Can you hear me? Yeah, well, I can't wait for the happening? listeners to hear this part of us saying Chuckle edit yes. it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was going to be like, but I'm, I'm sure my breath. Yeah. I'm sure that Joe had you know alligator bags Chuck. and boots on sale we in the gift him. shop. Yeah, yeah. Two days after that thing went down. Yeah, apparently well, there's a uh, really. Security, you think not? There's security footage of someone who looked like Rick, and I'll give him that well, kind fair. of stalking yeah. by. But they show this footage, but they don't prove that it was from that night. And Rick walking across the property, who cares? Well, Rick decided he was out. So he moved out, like, immediately. Didn't even pack his stuff. Just grabbed his yeah, dog. Took his Took dog. off. He's now living in Norway. <laughs> like, he is out of here. Yes. So good luck to him in Norway. That was yeah. so random. But let's yeah. get to the lawsuit with Carol like because it. that was like the alleged motivation for the arson if Joe was responsible. And we actually open this entire episode with one of Joe's country music videos, which were, were so ridiculous. <sighs> he's so hokey. He's, so sexy. He's lip syncing poorly. Oh, like they didn't hot. even sync those tracks up well. I was going to say. It's not. they. Never mind. It was a Millie Vanilla Yeah, job. it was. <laughs> I mean, come he, on. He milly vanillied it, and I love right. there's oh, footage Charlie, in one it. of the episodes of him driving, <laughs> singing along to his own track. And I'm like, dude, you know that's not yes. you. And now all you're doing is proving it, like by singing it. <laughs> and like that super nasally voice. And I have to say, that was one of my favorite real. things in this documentary is when other people would imitate Joe's voice. <laughs> they were so funny. Like I think Rick oh nailed God, it the right? best, but um, it all a the few time. Of, Je- yeah, Jeff did. A, Jeff comes in later, yeah. but Jeff did a pretty good job yeah. mocking, <laughs> the, imitating his too. voice because yes, that distinct voice. But we all know he didn't sing those songs. He made a video with a Carol lookalike singing about killing her husband and then feeding him to the tigers, which you know, super classy. But this is the kind of thing. She was dead on. Yeah, that though. lady really did. Like dead. Fucking on that, that Carol. Was, right. Yeah, Carol. Ha- that Carol clearly a has a doppelganger out there mm-hmm. because he found someone. And it's real. It's interesting because this is just yeah. one example yeah. of the things Joe would do to taunt Carol back. Um, he learned how the internet worked in this episode and learned how Google search engines rank things. <laughs> and if you type "Big Cat Rescue." Then Carol's website would come up first because she named her rescue Big Cat Rescue. And so he renamed his traveling show Big Cat Rescue Entertainment so that he would show up higher in the search results. Carol and her husband, Howie, they thought Joe wasn't doing it just to get higher in the search results, but he was doing it to try to link their name to the behaviors they were protesting. So these cub petting things would say Big Cat Rescue on it, and people would think it was her. And they did. They started getting phone calls from people saying, what are you doing? So they decided to sue Joe for copyright infringement. First, And they kept saying copyright infringement. Sounds more like trademark infringement to me. So I'm not entirely sure why yeah. people kept saying copyright yeah. infringement, but yeah, that's what I was. I'm say. not a lawyer, so whatever. 
And he would use his videos under Big Cat Entertainment to accuse Carol of fraud and murder. He named a blow-up doll Carol and put a dildo in her mouth and video broadcast that worldwide. As we know, he was worldwide. And he he had an effigy of Carol that he shot. (laughs) I mean, really aggressive, demeaning shit. Like, no... Like, in no realm, nothing she could have done to him was worthy of what he was doing. And. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Well, and what he was doing was so over the top crazy. You Mm -hmm. know, in the first couple episodes, he just seems sort of quirky and weird. And as the series progresses, you're like, oh, shit. Oh, wow. He's insane. Yeah. Yeah. He's. Yeah. And everybody's why like, so you? why does Carol go after him so bad? Why does she right. say, my God. Right. What is she, she supposed to do? She shit for years. He's, like, I mean, I he's honestly so aggressive did, so. that yeah. it's definitely, as a woman, I'm reacting in a way where I'm like, this is scary. This is the kind of guy that would kill a woman. Like, yes. Yeah, and other big cat rescue people were telling him, knock yeah. it off, ignore her. But he was just obsessed. But... Carol gave zero shits about it and she wouldn't back down. And I actually think the more abrasive he got, the more it fueled her. (laughs) And she like was like, we're not doing this. They basically bankrupted Joe because he couldn't keep affording the legal fees to fight it. So they ended up settling out of court for like a million dollars. Or I think they, they may have gotten a directed judgment. Anyway, Joe ended up owing them a million dollars in the settlement. And Carol went for everything he had. She took anything that he used for those cub petting, like his traveling vehicle, his big trucks and stuff that he transported the tigers in. She went for those first because that would shut down his cub petting. Well, shutting down the cub petting meant he had no money to take care of the animals. Yep, and then she, she wanted his really watch, though, like basic, yeah, like, his fax machine and his watch. Yeah. Like, <laughs> fuck you, Joe. I kind of loved that. Like, that was great. She went after what she should have first yeah. to to shut him down, and then she went after him as a fuck you. And I love that. But why did I didn't, like Carol? Why didn't she take the cats? Like, why wasn't that part of the I have settlement? A huge question that he has about to that. surrender the animals. Right. I wondered about that too. Because well, if that's her goal. Yeah, if that's her goal to protect these animals, why wasn't wonder, that the goal of the lawsuit? Well, do you think and maybe, maybe that he was, uh, you know, because he had, you know, did these short, yep. short deeds or short sales or whatever? Do you think maybe he like all the animals that's, were not in his name? It's possible because he kept trying to give everything yeah, to possible. his husband yeah. John. He got his mom wrapped up in this bullshit. His poor his mom. Poor mom. Um, went for like everything yeah Yeah, his poor mom and he's blaming carol for this but he's the one who dragged his mom into this he was trying to hide his assets he dragged Mm -hmm. his mom into his fraud and then he's Mm -hmm. like oh well it's carol's fault no it is not your creditor's fault that you're hiding assets no that's not how this works but again narcissist nothing's his fault right i think we've established joe will not take blame for anything i it did mean he yeah. didn't have money to take care of the animals. And you see some really heartbreaking footage of, like, Eric Cowie, one of the 
People who worked for him. Yes. Okay. Eric Howie's. Yes. I love He's him. My favorite. He, oh, he he was, was so pitiful. defeated because he was trying to decide which animals got fed how much that day. It was it was awful. This was this yeah. was tough. And Joe mm-hmm. ended up reaching out tough. to. Hi- he was pitiful. He reached out to Howie and Carol to try to settle it, to figure out a payment plan, things like that, and. Howie initially agreed. Then Carol said she wanted Joe's parents' house as collateral, which Joe got mad. She was demanding something else. But then Jeff Lowe came in, who is, we're going to get to him. He was a man who Joe believed was rich and would be able to save him from this mess. And Jeff Lowe intervened, and then Howie and Carol Carol were like, we're not working with yet another person. What Joe didn't know was everything Jeff had was rented, loaned, or borrowed. Yeah, he had more money than Joe, but he didn't have the literal millions that Carol had. So Joe decided to dissolve his own, to dissolve the GW Zoo and have it reorganized under Jeff's name. So now Jeff owns it, and if Carol wants to come after anything, she would have to start the lawsuits all over again. So Joe was basically wanting to use Jeff's money and name to get out of the mess, but Jeff Jeff's IQ is a whole lot higher than Joe's, and this was a... Yes. It's not saying much, and this was a <laughs> That's not saying really much. bad decision. Yeah. I am going to have to go yeah. in a minute. Do you guys just want to carry on without me? Definitely. Jeff was gross. We can do that. Yeah, I can. Oh, I don't think we can we get can through hurry. the rest in 15 minutes. <laughs> no. So I'm going to say goodbye to everyone now. I have kid, family, juggling stuff. Oh, this gotcha. was great, guys. I'm going to send my track you, over to Chuck, but carry on without me. I can't wait to hear oh, yeah. what you guys discuss after this. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, love. Awesome. Bye, Charlie. Charlie. Thank you. All right. I guess we can get into episode five where shit gets real. Bring it on. Joe goes into politics uh, and he suffers a shocking tragedy. And um, lo and behold, (sighs) Jeff Lowe tricked him. That kind of cracked me up because, like, in the in the episode before, it seemed like he knew what was happening, that why he was bringing Jeff in. But in number five, it kind of felt like, uh, no, Jeff Lowe was this con man and he tricked him. So I don't know. Um, <laughs> the thing that really cracked me up is they were like, Jeff is not really into the whole working thing. And he fired half the staff. Um, yeah, he kept some of the good ones. But... Um, the big important new hire, of course, was Mr. Alan Glover, the charming man with the teardrop tattoo. Love his heart. That was hired Love on his as a heart. Man. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's not central to this episode, but he becomes really important. Yes, he does. Um, and then we are introduced to my fave, uh, James Gerritsen, businessman. I love how every time his name was on the screen, they had to put without quotes underneath it, without like, like quotation marks we around it, that. because um, right, because I, I know, I, I, right? I couldn't figure out <laughs> like, what he did. We're taking this seriously. Like what was what was it that he did? Well, right. he owns strip clubs. Yeah, 
No, he owns strip clubs, and I, I feel like you could have just put strip club owner underneath his name, but whatever. Yeah. Um, and he loved big cats, and he gave Jeff, or well, I guess he gave Jeff, $14,000 to open a pizza joint on the property, and here's where shit gets really gross <sighs> again. Meat truck. Uh, yeah, Joe's advertising it like it's the best pizza ever, and he was actually using the expired meat from the Walmart program that was supposed to go to the Tigers. Pass yeah, the savings exactly. on to you. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, then things get kind of fun for me. At this point, things get kind of fun for me because Joe decides to run for president in the 2016 election. And his tagline was, Joe Exotic yeah. Speaks for America. So instead of MAGA, we could have had Jespa. Oh. God damn it. Right? Right? I mean, like, I, 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 I mean, that's... Shit versus diarrhea right there. But yeah. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I, I had a moment of pause right there. Um, so, and he gets the attention he craves. He, his ads go viral. I love the John Oliver bit. Like, he's a guy you want to have a beer and then another beer. Right. And then another beer and then some meth. Yes. Because that's exactly who he was. Oh, yeah. Uh, and John Oliver's hilarious anyway. Um. But, you know, Joe was not the kind of crazy that we Americans love. So um, he, he didn't win the presidential bid, but he decided to run for governor of Oklahoma in 2018. And this is where sweetheart Joshua Dial comes in. And he was a Walmart gun section employee. But he said he had – didn't he say he had wanted – he, yes. he had aspirations yes, he to run a campaign? Yes. Okay. But he also pretty much called Joe out and was like, yeah, this was all a big publicity stunt. And I was like, oh, my God, this still sounds so familiar to the real president's choice. Anyway, but Joe, instead of, you know, kissing babies and shaking hands, he he gets condoms with his face printed on him and hands them out. Basically throws T-shirts and parades, you you know, as you as you do. Uh huh. Um, And I really I liked this episode a lot because (laughs) it, it was just. Carol was kind of smart-ass by accident, but, you know, while Joe was off doing his his governor thing, Carol was actually doing grown-up shit. She was lobbying Congress for the Big Cat Safety Act. She wanted to stop people from owning and breeding big cats, and she wanted to stop the pay-for-play fuckery. Um, and this is where, of course, Doc Antle sticks his big fuck, fucking Ugh. nose back into it, and he brings the big baby kitties to Congress and shows our leaders... <laughs> On camera, playing with the kitties. And Carol goes, yeah, our opponents are really smart. And I'm sitting here going, yeah, our <laughs> leaders are really fucking dumb. Agreed. But okay. Um, and then the, this is where everything goes sideways with the handyman. Uh, and they start bickering. And I, kinda, I actually kind of like Alan, too, because he's like, oh, work for you. I'll work, Jeff. I- but... Mm. Yeah. And then, of course, Jeff tells the camera that Joe or that politics turned Joe into a little bitch was kind of hilarious (laughs) because he was always a little bitch. Yes, he was. But then we got the priceless scene of his own tigers dragging him into the lair while he's hitting them with his cane. Oh, my God. Hitting them. And then he uh, like when he pulled the gun out, I got freaked. And I thought if he shoots this animal on camera, I'm going to die. But he shot it into the air, but uh, you got to wonder if the uh, camera wasn't filming him. what he would have really done. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Um, and then Ugh. we also have things are spiraling. Joe is losing his husband's. Methmouth John has an affair with the zoo's receptionist, gets her pregnant, and leaves. Leaves Joe, as you would. Yes. And then Travis is really struggling. He goes to Joshua 
um, in the campaign office and basically says, I'm a prisoner. I can't leave the park. I'm not allowed to get a job. And I don't have enough fucking pot to deal with this. And I was like, right. man, fucking fair enough, right? Um, but then he, but then he starts playing with that gun. And I don't Ugh. know about you guys. Like, I, I didn't really read any no. spoilers, but I didn't see that shit coming. No. And I was watching this with my husband and literally gasped. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, was that on purpose? And I had to rewind and realize he was trying to prove that, no, no, was it's it safe. though? Pow. But see, yeah. so, and that was the thing ugh. that I went back and forth on it because I, it was like, first of all, I think anybody who... You know, I and I get that he's all fucked up on meth, which was such a fucking shame because he was so, so cute. Um, but, you know, who people have to have a death wish to say, no, look, this is this doesn't have a clip to put a gun to your head. Like, that's just not something that you do. Yeah, yeah. It, nobody, you know, so I don't know if he. You never point the gun at exactly. anything you don't intend so I don't to shoot. I don't know if it was just one of those things that. Maybe it was an accident, but I mean, it very well may not have been. I mean, I don't, I go, I just, I don't know. know. Well, and I mean, then I wonder if he's just one of those people that didn't know guns. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he was really hoping for that eulogy that Joe delivered that really brought the what the fuck. Yeah, um, I, 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 it was really hard (sighs) touching, I thought. No, just kidding. But yeah, um, like his... Travis's mom is literally sitting in the front row and like clapping for this shit as Joe is sitting there talking about how he'd be working on his computer and Travis would rub his balls on his face. And it's like, okay. As one does. As one does. She seemed fine with it. And again, this poor boy's funeral was all about Joe. Joe sang. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Joe sang. He's a narcissist. You know, of course, everything, nothing else was going to be said at that funeral that's going to make a sound clip like... He rubbed them balls in my face. Those those big, beautiful balls. <laughs> I know. There's not a better sound clip anywhere than that one. You know, the good news is that, God forbid, if something happens to my husband, I have a eulogy that I can As you should. <laughs> as you For should. his service. As Your I in-law. should. In the words will be very excited Zodic. by that. Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. Yes, they will. All right. Well, you know, Joe racked with grief. You know, it's just so hard for him. But he remarries two months later because I think he's that kind of guy that just can't be by himself. Agree. Um, and and obviously it's publicity shit too. And this is where Travis's mom kind of got on my nerves. Like I felt sorry for her in her grief, but she comes on camera and was like, "Yeah, he invited me to the wedding and I went, but you know, in hindsight, it was really just publicity." And I'm like, "Well, you went." You know, you're just as much of a media whore as anybody. You're doing the show. I get that you're grieving, but why the fuck would you go to the wedding of a man two months after your son? They're not died? normal people. Like, I, I don't know. She was disingenuous to me. Yeah. That's fair. That's I mean, you fair. feel sorry for her. She just lost her son, but then also, honey, think this through. Yeah, but through. then she said that. Yeah, I know. I did feel really sorry for her at first, and then she said that. And I'm like, well, you fucking you went. Know, I, just, I don't know. Yeah, I, like I, don't I said, know. I, as we, there's nobody splitting the atom here, okay? I mean, Correct. so, and I don't <laughs> no. think that, there were several of them that I don't think are stupid, but they're not splitting the atom, and this poor woman, you know, God knows, maybe she was fucked up on something, and she went, or whatever. I don't know why you'd do it. I don't, mm-hmm. I can't even imagine. But, you know, yeah, she went, 
But I think that I felt I felt bad for her. I really did. Um, yeah. Because, you know, she lost. You know, she sent this boy. This boy went to Oklahoma and was gorgeous and tan and fit and whatever else. And then, you know, dies like this meth head with scraggly ass hair. I mean, it just. I yeah. felt bad, but I also know. If my child was living, if my 19-year-old child was living with a 40-year-old man, there's no way in fuck. 50. 50. There's no way in fuck I'm going to tour the zoo or going to... I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. Just seeing that zoo would have been a huge-ass red flag. Like, nope, nope. I'm hitting someone with a hammer. No. That's just not a thing. (laughs) Whatever. But I swear, I think when I lost my my sympathy for her was watching her clap in the front row of the funeral. Yeah. Like, I just, I don't know. She's, she's a bit much for me. All right. But to wrap this one up, um, Jeff has basically said, fuck this shit and headed to Vegas, right? And got a party bus with drunk people and wild animals they're going to pet. So mm-hmm. that's definitely going to end well for him. And Joe finally loses the gubernatorial. I can't say that word. I don't even know why I typed it in there. He cannot be governor of Oklahoma. He lost. Shocking. So he is out of politics. Womp, um, womp. Definitely lost ownership of the zoo, though he is still technically entertainment director. Um, and he's becoming more and more paranoid. And we find out rightly so because at the end of this episode, we find out Jeff is talking to the FBI. As Which I feel like does. episode six kind of backpedals on that a little but episode six is where we finally start realizing you know we we get to the whole point of why joe is in jail um and it starts out with him on the phone (laughs) revealing that he's the one that actually bailed jeff Lowe out twice and um wow do you love how they glossed over the first one it's like once for beating and strangling his first wife and then for sneaking tiger clubs into the vegas hotel and then they never really talk about the first wife again no. Were y'all not like a little bit concerned about that? It was just crazy. There was so much crazy shit to focus on that that in the grand scheme seemed minor. I know. It was just like, oh, my God, this guy. Um, he did wind up getting convicted for the wildlife charge, right, in April of 2018 and was given probation. We kind of learn a little bit more about that later. Um and but as soon as he gets out, he comes back to the park and finds out that Joe has locked him out of all of their online banking accounts. And of course, Whoops. he's pissed. He goes up to the bank, and this kind of cracked me up. I guess because both their names were on the account, they did tell him something, but they don't go really into it there either. That there had been a federal warrant served, and yet he did still get bank statements. And this is where he found out that Joe had misappropriated or embezzled eighty-eight thousand dollars from the park. And 60000 of it went to his campaigns because, yo, condoms no, with not. your face on them ain't Found that right. out the hard way. But yeah. the marketing yeah. potential. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've got <clears throat> new ideas for merch, but anyway. <laughs> and then we see Joe telling Joshua to wipe all the computers. We see him burning records and laptops. Um, and then the... the ugh, this scene just killed me. He brings in trucks at night to start sneaking out animals, and he's... He's got the tigers in those what trucks. Was that? And he's like stabbing them through the thing, and I like got upset, kind of, and closed my eyes for him. It was like, okay, is he killing them or is he tranquilizing? I don't know that he was doing either with that stick. I mean, I think he was, do- I I think think he he was too, shit. but 
Did we ever see them again? Because I kept wondering, did I miss something? I don't remember ever seeing those animals again. I think that scene really showed us how little Joe actually cared about the animals. The animals were a means to an end. Yeah. He he did brutal. not have any affection for them, except for how they fit and making him this, you know, king of well, trash they t- zoo mountains. <laughs> they took, didn't, but they took some of them, because they didn't get to take them all. They took some of them and they were sold. And then he took a couple because didn't he take off um, with Dylan, the new, the new man? Yeah. Yeah. The, yes. new, the new child bride. And they took off and they went to wherever the hell it was that they were going. That's when my man James is like, bro, yes. that's Florida yes. can't hit a so the, Oh, well. Yeah. That cracked me I know. up because he's right. Dude, that guy. <laughs> That's not fucking But movies. I mean, didn't they take some of them there? I know he had a couple of cubs, but I think he took some of them there to that place. They bought some land or done whatever. I don't remember. I guess I think I was so blinded by the gloriousness of James Garrettson, businessman. Oh, man. That maybe I missed some stuff. Cause and he just looks like a worm. Yeah. He just looks oh, God, like a man. worm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I am not trusting that guy with shit. Come on. No. He's kind of my favorite. I love him. But you're not going into business with him. I bought an illegal lever. (laughs) I know. Oh, and I also forgot to mention that Jeff found out about him moving the animals out and said if he ever came back to the park, he would kill him. So this is basically why he goes to fake Belize, right? Yeah. Um. And this is where James Garrettson really it's gets his time to, to shine. You know, get his screen time. He becomes a yep, yep. He becomes a confidential informant for the FBI. And you know, we had heard Joe talking about bailing Jeff out, which he might have done the actual bailing out. But James is the one that got Jeff on board with the FBI, who really got him out of the charges. That's why he got probation, supposedly. That's yeah. the way I understood it. Um, and then both of them start recording their conversations with the handyman, you know, teardrop tattoo, Alan Glover, um, the alcoholic who loves cocaine and who among us hates Joe. So, but I mean, like that was, I'm sarcastic here. It makes perfect sense that Joe hires him to mm-hmm. kill Kara Baskin when he fucking hates him. Like they hated each other, but okay, At sure. Yeah. I'm, gonna, you're the guy I'm gonna trust. Well, but who else is uh, Joe going to ask? Price. But you who else is Joe going to ask? Well, was, that's that's true. He yeah. doesn't know it, anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, James says it was Jeff's idea to shoot Carol on her daily bike ride, right? Right. Because that was a thing at first. Um, and I think that was before they actually started getting stuff on tape. James just actually said that. Um, and then, of course, the handyman gets brought in and Alan pretty much tells him, yo, dude, um, you're going to have to get on board with us for the FBI or you're pretty much going to be indicted too. Um, and so like they already had him on tape saying he took the job for $5,000, but Joe only paid him three. Um, oh my God. And then of course, Doc Antle always has to come into at least one episode. And that shit was hilarious. You can't oh get a hit man for that much money. Right. And, it, and, and he so estimates it's like $100,000. I, I was like, well, how do you know that doc? I like he's that so, guy is sketch. so sketch. Yes. Oh, he's gross. All of that. So yeah. sketch. But, but yeah, I think that's the only reason they brought. Oh no, I think there's one more thing on this one. But yeah. Um. But anyway, they were not wrong about Alan. Like, yeah, you're trusting the alcohol 
alcoholic, cocaine head. Anyway, um, and he never makes it to Tampa to actually kill Carol. He drinks and snorts away the three uh, the three thousand that Joe did give him. I was shocked by that. I it thought was the right of because he seems mm-hmm. so responsible. Right and oh, reliable, I mean, like professional hitman. Yeah, totally. So Jeff and James with the glorious hair meet up at the local Applebee's and I've got, you know, to get their story straight. But really what they were doing was they were going to blackmail Carol and Howard, basically, to say, we'll give you information on this murder for hire plot if you give us half a million dollars. But Carol and Howie are a bit too smart for this shit. They don't pick up the phone when they don't see that they don't know the number, basically. And then the dumbasses texted them, basically saying we have information and they turn it over to the authorities. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just everybody in this is just you know. Every time I think, okay, maybe the James or no. Jeff is a little bit smarter. No, fuck no. They're all stupid. No, there's no one no. to root for at this point. No one at all. I mean, I, honestly, Carol. <laughs> like Carol is actually uh, lobbying Congress and doing real shit. And I, I don't know. For some reason, I have more sympathy for her than she's irritating else. but sympathetic. Uh, yeah, I think that's definitely it. Definitely it. But anyway, they they finally turn over all the tapes to the FBI, which shockingly, the FBI had not told Carol about all this before, is the way I took that. And they tell her about she's in danger on her bike rides. And so she stops her bike rides and buys some guns. Joe is indicted. You you know, I mean, hell, I would have. Um, And I'm not a gun person, but. Joe is indicted in the plot to kill Carol Baskins, and she gets to brag to her millions of Facebook followers that Joe Exotic has finally been brought down. And I'm just like, get your smug on a girl, because he's been fake threatening her for years, and now he's actually indicted. So I loved that. Like, that made me love her even more. Um, And then I think we wrap this shit up uh, with Joe in the prison saying he was framed. I got three felons. I got I got three felons that want my zoo. Well, no shit, man. You're all fucking felons, but okay, yeah, they're the ones out to get you. But it is kind of weird, y'all. Yeah. Because Jeff is shady as fuck. Alan admitted that he took the money he just and was forgot. gonna kill Carol. He was just too much of a fuck up to get he the forgot. job done. He got distracted. Yeah, basically. But Joe is the only one indicted. And James and his beautiful hair basically oh, ride off well, into the sunset. Yeah, in right? the last episode, he rides off on a sea dew to Eye of the Tiger. So it oh, was so sexy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hot. <laughs> and I, that must be when I fell in love with him. I will say he got the best singers in this episode calling Joe. He went, the Tiger Queen. Yeah. Oops, <laughs> uh, uh, Tiger King. And then later he calls him a walking Chucky doll. <clears throat> like James is legit. Accurate. Not lying. So that's the end of what yes. I, that was five and six, right? Yes. So yes, I get to then. wrap this up and there's a lot that goes on. Um, there's a lot that goes on oh, yeah. and it's all kind of, I get, you know, this to me, this episode was like, they were wrapping everything up and it was this huge trash pile of just crap to show how, what, what happened with everyone. So we had this episode and then we had the follow up episode, which I appreciated uh, because it did get to talk to mm-hmm. one of my favorite, favorite, favorite characters, Eric Cowie, who I absolutely was in love with him through the whole thing because he was so, he was he so was sweet really and he was sweet. so genuine Yeah, and he was, you know, and yes. yeah. so, so the episode kind of starts out with, um, they're showing that James Garrison, 
uh, has once again hooked up. Him and uh, Jeff Lowe have kind of hooked up, and they are going to create this new zoo in Thackerville, Oklahoma, which is evidently right on the border between Oklahoma and, was it Texas? Was it southern border? Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, so. Between yeah. Oklahoma and Texas. And they bring in um, this guy to help. His name's Tim Stark. And Tim Stark is amazing for a lot of reasons. Uh, but most amazing is <laughs> that Tim Stark uh, runs a place called um, Wildlife in Need, where he kind of does, he sort of, it, from what I gathered, he sort of did the Carol Baskin thing where he took in these these wild animals that yeah. people hadn't didn't want anymore. Uh, but Tim Stark was amazing because he always had a monkey. He legit always had <laughs> a monkey with him. <laughs> yeah. That makes someone yes. much more likable. So the monkeys, the monkeys were, were so super cute. cute. So, but they're building this new place. They bring these three come in and they, they're starting on this Thackerville, Oklahoma. So in the meantime, they're still sort of running the GW zoo. Um, until, you know, they can get this other place opened and, and ready to go. Also, uh, as this has gone along, uh, Jeff and his wife, Jeff Lowe and his wife, uh, Lindsay, I believe, are pregnant. Yeah, are pregnant. Oh, yes. God, this. Um, and... Ugh, yeah. She looked like one of those cult girls from... She looked yeah, like a cult girl did. from the Manson family. Um, and... And acted like it, quite <laughs> frankly, because, well, she had With all the hair. hair. She was very, you know, you could tell she was excited to be pregnant. She, she did. She flipped that hair around She was excited lot. to be pregnant. She's excited mm-hmm. for all this. But, you know, she's going to have this baby, and then she's going to hit the gym. And did you catch that part where Jeff was like, yeah, she needs, she's going to hit yeah. the gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the meantime, and I don't know if we hit on this. Yeah. Like, I don't know yeah, if we hit on this or thought. not. But in the meantime, he gets to pick an au pair. Or a nanny, or whatever you want to call her. Ugh, it oh, was, so was so gross repulsive because they're swingers, so and we didn't we didn't focus gross. on that. But they are swingers. Well, and a man, a man has clearly needs. does. I mean, I guess that's when you find out they're swingers because I didn't really remember it until they're like, "Oh no, look at who our new nanny is," and shows the picture on the car- on the phone, and I'm like, "Jesus, yeah, no, they fuck, were talking about they were swingers God. when they were in Vegas, and they're just they're swingers," and so yes. Again, a and lot then, of the crazy well, washed over And me. they actually end up, the girl that they were showing, they actually end up hiring her um, to care for their infant <laughs> daughter, which, you know, responsible. Because I'm sure she's bilingual and knows all about whatever the hell. Whatever. She is by she's something. She's by something. She had good lash so, extensions. Um, and, and in the meantime, Joe is still in, Joe's still in prison carrying on. Uh, Dylan, his... Now current whatever uh, partner uh, in love, uh, they they are still together, and he's vowing to stand beside him, and you know whatever. Very excited about that. So the feds uh, raid the GW Zoo. They don't raid it; they're invited on there. Actually, Jeff Lowe just lets them come on and do whatever, and they get into all of Joe's, you know, the um, trailers, and they get all into all that stuff, and they also start excavating. And as they're excavating, they find the bones of five big cats that had been, we're going to say, euthanized in air quotes here, that had been euthanized. And that brings about 19 new wildlife charges. 
Um, Jesus. So yeah. uh, in this, in this, it's two. He has two murder for hire charges. Uh, counts three through seven are for shooting the tigers, the five tigers, and then like charges eight through nineteen uh, were the sale of these cubs that he sold to Doc Antle, to Tim Stark, to all these people. So, you know, mm-hmm. all what? Wait, but what? I, sorry, I'm going to interrupt. But what bothered me there is that he sold mm-hmm. these cubs to people, and he's being charged for that. And I'm not defending Joe. So, but why didn't they charge the people who I, bought you know, the I cubs? Kinda, yeah, I was I'm wondering about that too. That if this was um, that, there's going to be something. I kind of gathered that it was going to be like, okay, yeah, we know we know Doc Antle did it's this, coming. but we're gonna we're gonna see what else we can get. You know, we know that. We know all this. Okay. Well, and so this, so this, this episode, yeah. So they, they did, they got the sale of the Cubs and the beauty of it is Joe kept records of everything. And so Joe has proof and Joe decides that he is going to take down uh, every motherfucker that he can with him. We're going to take it all down. Yep. So he has Dylan go into his storage unit and pull out all of these records for short sales and for cub trades and all this, that, or the other. So now we get introduced to Amanda Green, who's the federal prosecutor, and they are going to bring Joe up on 19 charges. And so that trial starts. And you have... She was, she was so serious. serious. It, she just like didn't seem to fit in the series. Well, like who is this I, person? She, uh, and the thing is, she did the long shots, like, and then she would turn. Yeah, that cheesed me out so bad. But like her interviews were extremely yeah. professional and good. Well, she's yeah. an actual, yeah, you know, lawyer that. who has a degree and you know stuff. So I mean, you know, maybe. <laughs> yeah, she's an actual grown up. A grown up. So simultaneously with all this, you have you know them getting ready for the zoo in Thackerville. And you have the trial that starts. And the trial, some of it was, to me, some of it was a little bit heartbreaking um, until Joe took the stand for himself. And then it was like, you know what, dude, I can't even help you anymore. Like, I just, I can't. But you had all these people like Eric Coey um, and my other favorite, John Minky, who was the zoo manager, who had the sweet fake legs, who had to buy pants. To come to, yeah. to come to, you know, court. <laughs> um, yeah. But they were talking about how, you know, all these people are testifying against Joe and there's nobody there for Joe. There was nobody there. There were yeah. people sitting on his side, uh, but nobody was there for, actually for Joe. Did you feel sorry for I Joe? until he took the stand for himself. And then I thought, you know, yeah. you've yeah. just shit on everybody. Yeah. Dumbass. you shit on so many people. Yeah. So all of this is going on, and it's and it's not looking good for Joe, especially when Joe gets up and testifies on his own behalf, because um, that never goes well. Ugh, yes, and narcissist. it never goes well. Um, mm-hmm. But in the meantime, all these people working in Thackerville. Now, Garrison, uh, who is Erica's favorite, James Garrison, feels like, <laughs> I know, I has invested. Myself. He's sexy. Has sexy. invested money in this zoo. And... He wants his name put on the zoo. 
and narcissist. Yeah, and Jeff Lowe basically <laughs> tells him fuck off. That's not. Yeah, no, they all are. We're not going to do that. So Garrison Garrettson um, just starts yapping to the feds as one is wont to do. Well, you have this, and you have this, and you have this. So he's talking to the feds. That man is Teflon. Nothing's going to happen to James Garrettson because <laughs> James Garrettson knows where, literally knows where all the bodies are buried. So nothing is going to happen to him. And quite yep. frankly, you know, Jeff Lowe, if the motherfucker wants his name on a zoo and that will make him happy, put his fucking name on the zoo because you have fucked yourself at this point. Fucked yourself. <laughs> and Jeff is, is another extreme narcissist. Exactly. He's never going to let that happen. And Oh, God, he was such a bitter oh, bitch in the interview episode, too. So and, you know, according to James, um, you know, Jeff was the one that hooked Alan up with Joe. That was the one going on Google Earth and looking at Carol's bike route. That, that Jeff was kind of mm-hmm. the driving force behind the assassination attempt, plot, not attempt. Um, but, you know, according to James... You know, Jeff's up to his ass in all of this, but nothing's happened to him. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, right. Ooh, hey, and Jeff, <laughs> hey. Jeff hey. Uh, did not testify at Joe's trial, and it was speculated that probably one of the reasons was he didn't want to perjure himself. And I get that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he probably didn't want to. I, I have to. I have to imagine that somebody. You should well, avoid I perjury. Thought, I choose to believe that finally somebody gave gave him some sound advice, and he got out of his own fucking way. Yeah, but I think I think Joe Exotic was probably given sound advice by his legal counsel. He just oh, decided sure. not to take it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I agree. I do think Jeff is a few steps ahead of sure. Joe on the oh, whole no. IQ scale. Like Jeff would have. You know, Jeff's Jeff was self-preservation. Yeah. He was in it up to his ears. Yes. But yeah, exactly. But he's mm-hmm. too smart to get on, on the stand. Jeff's a con yeah. man. So they – and Joe starts talking about how Jeff directed all this stuff. So Joe and James Garrison are very much in sync of, yeah, this is what Joe did and Joe, Joe, Joe. Now, I don't think either one of them are very reliable sources of information so, no. you know, you clearly have to have no. other, you know, whatever. So, so Joe gets found guilty on all 20, on all 19 counts and ends up. Was anybody no. surprised by that? Um, no. But okay, he ends up getting either. 22 years in jail, um, which in federal prison, actually, because he had federal wildlife charges. So he is in federal pound you yeah, in the ass right. prison. And <laughs> it didn't really seem like a lot of years to me until they yes. pointed out how yeah, old he was. And he'll, and right. he'll be up there when oh, he gets okay. out. And, of course, Dylan is going to stay by his side mm-hmm. because he loves him so much. <laughs> yeah, um, right. But yeah. I'm who's paying sure for Dylan's James Camaro? And... Oh, right. Dylan has a Camaro. I'm wondering oh, who's God, paying who for knows. it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So. One of the things that came out when Joe got up and testified is that Alan lied. Uh, Alan actually did go to Florida um, or didn't go to Florida at all, but he testified that he did. He testified that he went to Florida 
and then like oh. kind of decided, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm losing her again. You lose me? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. I've lost Brandy. Are you here, Nina? Nina's I am here. here. It's, I'm here. There yeah, we, we can. It, there you go. If Brandy, I'll have Chuck, I'll tell him to edit this part, but if we can't hear Brandy, she's still recording it. It's just that it may get a little distorted for us for a minute. Just smile, oh, smile okay. and wave. Gotcha. Smile and laugh. Um, but anyway, so yep. Joe, uh, yeah, <laughs> smile and wave, boys, smile and wave. So, uh, Alan didn't go, I didn't actually go to Florida. He ended up snorting and drinking his way over to North Carolina, but he testified that he actually went to Florida under the direction of Joe to go kill Kara Baskin. Oh, right. perjury. But nobody called him on it. Oh, yeah, whoopsie. nobody called him on it. So we're just, you know, glossing that over. Yeah. Convenient. Um, we also get in this episode, um, my favorite bit of Alan, for whatever reason, in the bathtub. Uh, don't know why. He was in the bathtub. <laughs> oh, my That's, God. I forgot. That cinematic yeah, shot. So hot. Uh, he was wearing pants, though. So I did see that. I did. Oh, but why girl. he's in the why we felt the need to film that? I don't know. I mean, you know, somebody had to put him up to that. I know. But what the fuck? I know. But <laughs> Joe decides that he is going to work with Peta, and we're going to bring down everybody. And while I applaud Peta's mission, Peta uh, can be a little bit. What's the word I'm looking for? Crazy. Um, yeah. Problematic. Weren't they the ones that set yeah. up when a like a lobster truck flipped over? They set up little crosses all over the side of the road in memory of the lobsters. They did. I know that happened. So just I'm letting you know that they're crazy. Lobsters they are, are delicious. But I don't think that they require a roadside <laughs> memorial because they got flipped over on the road. <laughs> I agree. So Joe decides now he is going no, to start working yeah. with PETA, mm-hmm. and he thinks that this is going to help him. So, in, and in all of this, so all these things are happening simultaneously. So he decides he's going to work with PETA. In the meantime, um, the guy, Tim Stark, that runs Wildlife in Need, that was helping with the new zoo, he decides that he's putting up all this money. He's doing all the work, and Jeff Lowe is doing jack shit and tim stark's like fuck you and he leaves he takes his monkey and he goes home so yeah so so as as one one does does. so i mean so that relationship is over um and then according to the uh to the interviews that they did later that fucking zoo still ain't open they're still working on that goddamn zoo probably because you know he has no money. Jeff Lowe has no money. Oh, my God. But uh, what does come out in all of this and kind of where we leave it, what does end up coming out is that um, Doc Antle, uh, once cubs are only good for, I mean, it's just, it's not very long. Like after six months, you can't put them around people because they'll kill them. Isn't that about right? Yeah. So there's like yeah. a four month window. So, you have this very yep, short yeah. window of time when you can take these cubs out and they're s- safe is probably not the right word, but they are safer to let people pet them and hold them and do whatever. And um, so what Joe tells PETA and evidently has supplied some kind of uh, proof is that once these cubs reach the mark where he can no longer take them out 
uh, to be handled, then Doc Antle will euthanize them in a gas chamber, and then um, he will cremate them in his on-site crematorium. Why do you have an on-site crematorium? I don't, or a gas chamber for that matter. To kill well, baby I tigers. The obvious reason. I mean, are we getting a season two where they're going to like raid him? I mean, that's I what I'm guessing so. they're so. setting this up. Because oh, I kind of believe that shit. Like, Doc Antle is not a good guy. No. It's not even just the cult and the women. No. It's, he's not a good guy. So well, I, I he actually gets stuff. raided by the feds in December of uh, 2019. So, you know, four months ago. Old boy is raped. Oh. Um, and they, yeah. Oh, that's right. And okay. so yeah. that's kind of one of those things that, yeah, I think that there has to be, if somebody doesn't make a documentary about this, I don't know what they're doing with their life. You know, that's. As popular as this was, there will be, there, a, there will be. be a season If you can make two. a season yeah, two out of making a murderer, you can make a season two out of this. But, uh, no you know, shit. But oh, heck yeah. again, the the everlasting memory of James Garrettson writing on his sea with Eye of the Tiger playing <laughs> like, r- a, like god. a god. Yes. Be still when, my heart. You know, blowing through his hair and the glasses, the all of that. That is the, the enduring so image that that I choose to <sighs> that I choose to hang on to. Um, the yeah, interviews afterwards were great. Um, like I said. They were funny. They were, they were funny. Good. Joe McHale is Joel hilarious. McHale is Joel. wonderful. Yeah, um, he is. He's also hot. He's very I tall. How good looking he is. Um, uh, Eric mm. Coey, still my favorite. He's working at some. Uh, he's still working at the GW Zoo a little bit. I don't think he is like he was like living there. Uh, I think he still goes in and right. he, um, but he's working at some roadside dive. Um, and he tells yeah. us flipping burgers, oh, yeah. love flippin his heart. Burgers. Um, yeah. and he tells us, you know, he never did meth or anything. He's just old and that's why he doesn't have any teeth. Yeah. He was really defensive. I was just going to say he was super defensive about his teeth and it's like, nobody's judging well, toothless people on the right. show or except you know, for the child. Bread. Yeah, but he was he's still my favorite. Um, we talked to John Minky who at some point had left his wife of 30 years because of all the stress and stuff that he was under. Um, he's gone on and, you know, moved on with his life and done some other things, but, you know, he's still got the sweet fucking legs. I think he's engaged to be married. Um, so he's amazing and he's, his teeth look good. He really was. Although in one episode, they are, they look like dentures, they are dentures, but in the episode, and it might've been, in fact, I'm almost certain that it was my episode that I didn't bring up, but him driving in that fucking, um, prowler. With the yes. custom paint and the, why is a skeleton sitting like that is the most normal thing <laughs> in this entire series. Nobody batted an eye at this motherfucker. Right. Because there's yeah, so much other at fucked this up stuff going on. A, I think driving a stick shift prowler with the custom paint and the and the, it was amazing. But anyway, so those are my two favorites. Um, the poor little uh, the one guy. Uh, oh, God, where did it go? John. No, John. Uh, what was the toothless husband's name? John. John Finley. You're not John. narrowing it down. Meth Mouth John. Meth John. Yeah. He looked great. He looked great. Yes, he did. He and had some new dentures. dentures. And he was wearing a shirt. All of that was amazing. Beard thingy. Um, 
you know, and it, it did show. I liked his explanation, too, when they were like, why did you do all your interviews without the shirt? And he's like, well, I got I know. all these tattoos, man. Shit. You know what? But you're <laughs> going to show them off. But what like, I love okay, about fair. him. Duh. And I, what I loved about him the whole time was that he was just like, there was no ulterior motive. There was no nothing. He right. was very genuine. genuine. And he just, you know, they asked him questions and he answered them the best he could. And, you know, yeah, he's got all the tattoos. Why yeah. not show him off? So, I mean. I totally agree. Yeah, uh, that's what I thought very, was cute. Very genuine. Yeah. Um, but they did show Saf and, you know, she's still puttering around the, I think she's still puttering around the zoo. Because what, what else is a one-armed transgender yes. person going to do? Um, and she was just, she would, or he, um, I think was in a relationship. Like everybody seemed to be doing okay, except for the yes. little guy, the little, um, uh, the shit, his campaign manager. Um, yes, he was oh, struggling. Yeah. He was, struggling. Uh, he was always he too was. sweet for this show. Well, but, you know, he's a libertarian, so he should just pull himself up by his bootstraps you and get himself together. But I felt, you know, he was the only one that didn't <laughs> seem to be, he wasn't in a better place. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, he actually watched yes. the death of Travis. Oh, yeah. I mean, yes. that's got to be and Of course, nobody tried. Yeah, of course, he so, didn't go to, yeah. yeah, whatever. Of course, he didn't go to therapy. Of course, he didn't, none of these things happened. So, um I just, yeah, I hope that he, I hope that he kind of gets himself together a little bit because I think that I thought he was genuine. Uh, I thought he yeah. was smart. Um, and, but I do think that he needs to get rid of his soft spot for Joe because Joe would have fucked him over just well, as they all as did. anything. Big time. So, yeah. Ladies, yes. I have to wrap up because my battery is you. at 3%. I'm just, just going to say the same All thing. Right, I girls. forgot to bring my plug in here. So, anybody have any <laughs> final thoughts for this? Anyone? Uh, just that we're yes, hoping we to bring for season two. Yeah. I, I need more info. I need to see yes. Jeff Logan down. Mm. Yes. And Doc Antle. All right, girls, will. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to see movement in Carol Baskin's husband's case to see her get a little uh, or vindication. Yeah. I, well, exactly. Because I don't think she did it. And I don't either. This was totally one-sided and definitely edited to make her look... Like the villain, and I don't think it yeah. actually worked out for him. She got yeah. the. I, mean, I don't feel that way about her. All right, free Joe. Free I, Joe I have my Joe Exotic 2020 <laughs> T-shirt on right now, so I know. At a girl. See, I totally forgot. All right, my ladies, mind. thank okay. you so much for joining me today. Damn it. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you for having us. You are amazing, Charlie. Thank you so much for joining Love you us. Too. And we will see Love you next you time on History Dweebs. Bye bye. Good. Bye bye. And I'm hitting stop now. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.